Welcome to season four of Law Profs are People Too, a podcast about the lives of law professors. I'm your host, Renee Nicole Allen. I'm a faculty member at St. John's University School of Law in Queens, and I've been on a noticeable pandemic hiatus, but I'm happy to be back with two episodes to wrap up the season just in time for winter break. The concept of this podcast is simple, four lifestyle questions and a one gotta go question of the law school flavor. My guest is Echo Yanka. Echo is a professor of law at Cardozo School of Law in New York City. He teaches criminal law, criminal procedure, jurisprudence, policing and race, and torts. He is a celebrated teacher, scholar, and a voting rights and election law expert. In 2020, he was awarded the Guardian of Democracy Award by the New York Democratic Lawyers Council. He holds degrees from the University of Michigan, Columbia Law School, and Oxford University. Hey, Echo, welcome to the podcast. Renee, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, So I only know of you from Twitter, um, so I'm excited to get to know you better, um, at least as much as I can get to know someone and asking them four questions. Um, So uh, let's jump right in. Uh, My current meme turned saying, uh, my current favorite meme turned saying is drinking water and minding my business. So what's your favorite drink? So I hate to be the academic wishy-washy guy, but... (laughs) But I'm I'm very context driven. It's it's actually a big fight between my wife and I, and so I'm going to let you guys in on a family issue. <laughs> We're going to talk about this together. Uh, if my wife walks out on me because of this, I'll blame you. <laughs> uh, so I'm very context driven. Very like I'm weather specific. Let me put it this way: if you ask me what wine am I drinking, I need to know what I'm having for dinner. Right. Me, wine is food. Right. Um, If you ask me what what drink am I having, I need to know what the weather's like. Very sensitive to that kind of thing. And uh, in my postgraduate work after law school, I did some graduate work overseas. I between us sort of illegally worked at a bar (laughs) uh, in in a chic little cocktail bar, mostly cleaning up. But um, the bartenders there. Uh, gave me some training in bartending, which has become a hobby of mine. So now I like to make lots of little things and and uh, experiments, and my wife calls them potions. Um, so depending on the weather, I'll be drinking different things. Like tonight, I'm drinking a blood orange Negroni because it's late summer. I need something to cut through the mugginess, something still summery but not too light. Um and then as it gets later and later in the year, my drinks will get heavier and heavier until I'm just drinking heavily smoked, heavily peated whiskey by the middle of the, the winter. Then they'll get lighter and lighter until it's spring. That's pretty cool. I like the idea of having you know a drink for appropriate for the season. Um, can, can you talk to my wife? <laughs> I don't want to get in the middle of any marital <laughs> debates. Much. She... Like she just knows what wine she wants, and she's going to drink that wine every time she orders a wine that she wants, and it has nothing to do with her dinner. I'm aghast, uh, and she's annoyed that I'm aghast. It, it's a whole thing, but we're 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 hanging in there. Well, I did say I like the idea of it. I didn't say I was there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm totally not there. I'm actually with your wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, just, I like the idea of it, but I'm a I'm a gin and tonic girl, and I'm 
I drink gins and tonics year round. Uh, and I, I drink whatever wine I want to drink. Who cares what I'm eating? So I, about I offended you. We, we, need, we need to talk about this. Uh, so, okay, it's the middle of the winter. It's dead freezing. You're still ordering a gin and tonic? Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> you have to remember, I'm from the South. So, I, you know, uh, outside of this little bit of time where I lived in Michigan, I've mostly lived in warm climates year round. My whole, you know, it's never been too cold for a gin and tonic. Look, if you're always in gorgeous Atlanta or Savannah or the south of France, I mean, if that's what you're telling me, that that's the Renee lifestyle that I'm missing out on, I understand. I understand. So, so maybe it'll change. I've only been in New York a, a little over a year. So maybe now that my life has become seasonal and I actually live in a place where there are four seasons, uh, maybe that'll change. One day when we're actually allowed to see people again, we're going to do a whole program for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tracking the weather very carefully through your cocktails. And and since you're with my wife, I'm going to see if I can can start a movement on my side. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so what hobbies or activities have kept you sane during the pandemic? Actually, sadly, during the pandemic, my hobbies have kind of fallen away. Um, uh, my real job, I mean, being an academic is lovely. My real job is being a dad of two kids. And even though try as we might, you know, in the pandemic, it's clear women have borne the brunt of so much family organizing. But I try to do my part. And, and that just means, you know, to be honest, between my wife, my mother-in-law, whoever's helping, any moment where somebody is not watching the kids, you feel like you're scrambling to, to get work done, right? So, you know, I'm not one, I don't want us to draw battle lines along the married, not married, child, not child thing. When I hear people talk about pandemic hobbies, I think you don't have kids. <laughs> uh, but normally my hobbies are, I'm, I'm a very boring law professor. My big hobbies are chess. Um, and used to be poker. Can't play poker during the pandemic. Um, but if I do find a few minutes where I'm not stressed, internet chess is the is the thing for me. Okay. Yeah. I. I. You know. I'm the one who came up with the question. I don't have kids, so <laughs> that would be <laughs> that would be how I came about. Um, there are definitely two different pandemic experiences going on. Right now. Um. So this podcast. It's probably my my biggest pandemic ho- hobby. Um, yeah, this podcast. Very cool. So what's your favorite food? Oh, now that's a tough one. Um, oh, man. I really, I do love such a broader range of food, but, um, oh, man. Okay, I'm going to narrow it down to three, uh, which is terrible of me, but I'm going to narrow it down to three. So first and foremost is always just, you know, when I'm lucky and my mom cooks home, home-cooked home Guinean food, right? I grew up in Ghana, West Africa. Born in the States, but grew up in Ghana. So if I'm just eating Guinean food, it's, um, you know, we all have that, right? Like home-cooked food is just something different. And it's calming and grounding in a certain way. Um, other than that, I really love duck for some reason. Um, it's tasty. M- mild but flavorful, matches a great range of wines, can be prepared in a bunch of different ways. So you don't always just drink whatever wine your wife can order, you know. Um, But if I don't have to be thoughtful or careful about it, if I don't have to worry about 
how often I've been eating it or my weight or the environment or something. Um, you know, if we're talking last meal kind of thing and it's not my mom's home cooked meal, probably just a really brilliant steak, to be honest. Really brilliant steak, really big, big red wine. Um, maybe asparagus or charred broccoli, something like just really boring, classic old school steak. I'll eat your charred broccoli. Uh, you can have all the steak, but the charred broccoli not sounds a- really good. I didn't hear you. Not a steak fan? I'm not a big red meat eater. Yeah. Yeah, neither was my lady either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you weren't a law professor, what would you do? I love this question. So I take it this I, I can't include being a lawyer. Because if I weren't a law professor, I'd be a lawyer, right? I think that's kind of the obvious. Yeah. So that can't be your answer. No, I appreciate that. Because I really I mean the only reason I say that is because I do sometimes think people think you became a law professor because you hated being a lawyer. And that just wasn't true for me at all. I, I I thought being a lawyer was challenging and fun. You got to fight with smart people. Um, I don't know that. I don't. I, I love being a law professor much more. But if I weren't a law professor, I'd be a lawyer. But if I couldn't be a lawyer or a law professor, if I weren't in the legal field, I would be a real estate agent. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I love real estate. Um, when we moved into this place, I probably didn't look at real estate listings for eight hours. Before my wife was like, oh, he's looking at the next apartment, right? <laughs> uh, I'm one of those guys who can watch endless real estate shows. You know the, all those real estate shows that are on? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to tell you something embarrassing. You know how those real estate shows are built on like the personalities of the people and their fights and their drama? and their. I fast forward through those parts. I only care about the apartments. That's the real estate. <laughs> just let's talk about the apartments. Um, and I just think it would have been fun. I, I like sales. I worked my way through college being in sales. Um, I love homes. I love architecture. And I think there'd be something really fun about helping a family find the the space where they're going to build their family, right? That kind of that kind of like thinking through an important thing with people, even if you're just going to be in their life for three months. Um, and there's enough of a business side of it. Yeah, if if I weren't a lawyer, I'd be a real estate guy. Real estate sounds cool. There are a lot of, I mean, my realtor and I, you know, she helped me buy my first home, which I, you know, is an experience for both of us. And uh, I was actually working with her for almost a year um, because I was under contract multiple times. And so, you know, you do, you build a relationship with the people. It's special. Um, But I actually kind of got to the point where I enjoyed going to look at houses. Like it was when I closed, I was kind of sad because I was like, I don't get to do this anymore. You said you can become a real estate addict like me. Just just keep doing it. <laughs> you can just keep <laughs> you know, My wife makes fun. When we had a realtor, um, he, he would sometimes call. He was like, oh, I'm so excited to show you this apartment. And the way she puts it, I think I was much nicer than this. And she's like, yeah, you'd be like, oh, that apartment. I know that one. That had three sales in the last eight years. And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> My agents are like, okay, all right, you know. <laughs> but I also, I do think, you know, it's it's also has this weird intimacy to it, right? You meet somebody who you otherwise don't know, and you're letting them into, like, really particular parts of what you need out of a home, right? With your agent, I'm sure it was the same thing, right? Like, right. Why does this house not work for you? Why does this neighborhood not work for you? What are your goals over the next five years in Brooklyn or 
Alabama or Florida, you know? Yeah. All that together to me would have been a really interesting and wonderful mix. Yeah. That sounds, it's a, it seems like a cool career. I could see, um, and it has the flexibility similar to kind of like academic life. So I kind of could see that working for someone if they weren't doing this, that would probably work. Yeah. The, um, the thing it adds that academic life has in the intellectual dimension, it also has that just enough entrepreneurialness that's interesting, right? Yeah. You know, in, in the academy, there's a sense in which we build and sell or export our ideas. And in real estate, you'd have, I do think building a business would have been a fun challenge as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So let's do the one got to go. Uh, for season four, it's upper level courses. You yeah. Got trial advocacy, appellate advocacy, business organizations, and evidence. One got to go. Which one? I think appellate advocacy, honestly. Um. And, and I'll tell you, the reason is because as glamorous as it is, and as much as that's what everybody thinks of as what lawyers do, and it's frankly why people come to law school, if we're honest, law school prepares students for appellate advocacy almost more than it prepares them for anything else. And frankly, appellate advocacy is a very small swath of the legal profession, right? I mean, law students are more prepared to be Supreme Court judges and appellate advocates, and there are almost anything else after the first year and a half. You know, then it's up to them to choose their career path. But, um, you know, evidence obviously is not universally important, but I think it has important things to say philosophically about our world and the powers of the state. Um, I think trial advocacy is at least a core of where your cases may end up. But appellate advocacy is, frankly, what they're trained to do from day one, right? Argue about legal principles and merge these cases together and distinguish. Um, and, it, you know, I think it's a great and important course. But if you have to lose one, that's the one they're overprepared for already. Okay. Um, so this is cool. Uh, I learned a little bit about you, more than I ever could have learned from Twitter, <laughs> uh, so before we wrap up, what's your Twitter handle so folks can connect with you there? My Twitter handle is Echo N Yanka. So that's E K O W N Y A N K A H. Um, so at Echo N Yanka. Um, you know, it's it's the range of things I really care about. So it's criminal law and policing. Uh, political theory, election law, which is something I'm deeply invested in. Um, and then I try to mix in, you know, a little occasional sports and occasionally you might see one of my drinks here. Um, I try to remember on Twitter, we spend so much time being outraged that some lightness and some view of who we are matters too. So in fact, I need to do a better job on that and I'll try to do more of that. Okay. Well, tag me in the cocktail post. We'll do. We'll do. And and uh, we'll start a whole range for you to discover the world beyond gin and tonic. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but you can try. Um, so uh, everyone follow Echo and follow this podcast at Law Profs 2. That's T-O-O. Um, thanks so much, Echo, for coming on. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Renee, thanks for having me.